0: Hey there, I'm Renee, a former hot mess shopping addict turned minimalist mindset guru. In three years, I went from totally broke to debt-free minimalist, started a money-generating blog, and healed my marriage while being a homeschooling, stay-at-home mom. And I did most of this with nothing more than a library card and a prayer. Looking back, there is one thing I wish I had had a friend to share the journey with me who actually understood what I was going through. This is my hope for the unstuffed podcast to be a place where you can shake off the need to people please and where we can both show up as our authentic selves, even if we're still in yesterday's sweatpants. Think of this as a standing coffee date with an old friend whose only job is to hear you out, hype you up, remind you that you are already enough and doesn't mind if you spike your coffee. As always, let's keep this simple. Life is hard enough. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there! Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. It's your host, Renee. Uh, Today, I really wanted to talk about something that is so important to me, and I couldn't quite find the way to come up with a title that said it any better than the one that I chose, which is talking about the minimalist method for leaving more behind when you die. Because I think a lot of times, you know, a lot of us are worried about making sure we can leave stuff behind for friends or family, and might not occur to a lot of people that minimalism very well can be the way to do that for you. Um, And I wanted to dive into that today. So I had to throw in the word die, I know, but here we go. You know, Um, like I said, I know no one really likes to read stuff with the word die in the title, but nothing else is really going to convey my message quite as strongly. Um, and since I've made peace with this dreaded word, I'm going to go ahead and just let it be. So the thing is, most of us, especially those of us with kids want to make sure that we are living, that we are leaving something behind when we go. One of the most commonly Googled things is how to leave your house to your children when you die. And if you're hoping to gift your kiddos a house, might I suggest looking into Swedish death cleaning before you do? There I go again with that word. But to be fair, I didn't invent that title. Somebody else did. The thing is, a lot of people leave their children behind, not only grieving the loss of a parent or parents, but also having to deal with cleaning up all their parents' shit. (laughs) If you've lost a parent, you might know exactly what I'm talking about. So if you haven't heard of Swedish death cleaning, um, it's basically preparing your house, you know, cleaning it for what you want to be left over when you're gone. So what do you want to leave for your kids to have to deal with kind of thing. So if you don't want to leave your children grieved and burdened, it might be a good idea to do a few declutter sessions before you make your grand exit from this life. But that's besides my point. I want you to actually leave more behind when you die. I know I sound like I'm contradicting myself, but hear me out. There's a reason that I chose this title, right? Why do we want to leave stuff behind? What is it in our nature that makes us want to leave our possessions behind for those we love. I have a few theories on this. Number one, we want to ensure that they're taken care of. Of course, our loved ones are staying behind and we want to make sure that they have the best possibilities ahead of them. Number two, we want to be comforted by something. And number three, we are still so attached to our stuff that we fear losing it even after we're goners, right? Right? So maybe we want that comfort of leaving stuff behind for them. We want to make sure that they are being well-maintained, but there's also that part of us that might just feel like this has to stay in the family. Nothing can happen to this. We don't want anything bad to happen, even to our stuff, even when we can't even manage it anymore. Now, feel free to mix and match those options or come up with some of your own. Is there anything wrong with these necessarily? Absolutely not. You are wanting to ensure the safety and survival of your kin, and it's all good. The thing is, I think a lot of times we don't realize what can actually be passed on. We might think we're handing off a house that has earned a lot of interest, great-grandma's china hutch that will be cherished for another hundred years, or maybe even some money in the bank. But my question to you is, can any of this stuff really be handed down? sort of. So let's talk this out. First of all, is it fair to say that anything that can be taken away from us was never really a part of us to begin with? I think so. This is something that I have grown to believe and live, and it is a main reason why I talk about what I talk about. Now, I have recently been listening to Think Like a Monk audiobook Um, And the author, Jay Shetty, just told the story of a monk who visited a king. The monk approached the king's castle and asked, Could I stay in this hotel for a while? The king became angry, saying, like, How dare you? This isn't a hotel. This is my palace. And he got really defensive. Ah, the monk said, And who had this palace before you? My father, replied the king. And who before him? the monk asked. Well, his father before him, said the king. So people come here, they stay for a time, and then they leave. Is that not the definition of a hotel? The monk responded. I thought this was such a fun, perfectly laid out story because this is so often how we can be. We can be the king. We are very rarely the monk, right? The lesson here is that detachment from our things is so good because they're never really ours to begin with or end with. Having personally hosted my grandparents' estate sale, I can promise you that with as much love in my heart, even if you spend a lifetime clinging to the things that you collect, at some point, all of those things will find new owners. Those things that you thought defined you will be used as decor in a stranger's home. That piece of furniture that reminded you of your grandma might end up being recycled. And I know that this information can feel so heartbreaking. Because as I sit here talking about this, I'm sitting right next to my grandma's little porcelain frog lamp. And my heart really sinks at the idea of someone else not loving it as much as I do. I know no one else will. But here's the thing that we both need to remember. It was never the item itself that we loved. I might just start crying, you guys. So we need to name it. Here's what I mean. The biggest pushback I get when I share this way of thinking that we are not our possessions or our titles, like We are not our job description. We are not even the role in our family. Um, The biggest pushback I get is when it comes to being a parent, right? Even if you lose your child, you are still a mother or a father, people will say to me. This is a hot topic button for people. And I would never, ever deny the love that we have for our children or even remotely suggest that that love could somehow disappear. It absolutely could not. And that is exactly my point. We can lose the role of active parent. Our kids leave, they move out, and they may, in the worst of scenarios, leave this earth before us. I cannot say that without my voice shaking. In all of these instances, we experience grief of some degree. But what can happen to a lot of people, most often mothers, is that they have identified themselves so much as mom or dad, That they can experience a very real identity crisis when that is no longer a role that they are playing. Then there are bereaved parents who have had to bury a child who insist that they will forever be a mother or father. And my argument here would be, if you're willing to listen, please, that no, you are not a mother or a father. Hear me out. You are clinging to that role because the love between you and that beautiful person that you helped make is bigger than this life itself. Your child is gone and I'm so sorry. My heart breaks for you. But the love that you share with them is left here lingering and because that love will never dissipate, it refuses to go away. You want to make sure that that love maintains a name, that name of mother You are still a mother. You are still a father. We fear releasing that role because we fear that love that is very much real. We fear if we release the title, we release the love. And my friend, that is never something that you will ever, ever be able to do. I get it. To the core of my being, I can only imagine that I will cling to this role of mother (laughs) until the day I die, despite what I teach. I'm all about detachment and I don't know that I'll ever be able to because it is a love far greater than I could have ever previously imagined and I need it to be named. So what I'm saying is that the things that we leave behind, what we really can leave behind is too big for naming, just like that love we have for our children is too big for the word mom. It's too big for the word dad. Because here's the thing. There are many people who could call themselves the role of mother or father and not even come close to measuring up to the love that you feel for your children. We all know someone who walked out on their kids who doesn't really show up for them. But they also have that title of mother or father. And would you consider yourself to be one and the same with them? Probably not. Probably not a house is a house, a mother is a mother. However, one is not the same as another. (laughs) I'm Dr. Seussing here. It's similar to when how we know the difference between a house and a home. You feel the difference between a house and a home. You get it. So why does the way we feel shift between these two words? Because we are feeling a feeling that is much bigger than a house, much bigger than this world. The same feeling we get when we think about how much we love our child, a love that cannot cease even after we have left this earth. It is so big, it cannot be contained. So, where does minimalism come in? What am I even talking about, right? (laughs) It comes in in the sense that if you are able to begin to apply a minimalist mindset to your belongings, Um, And to choose to intentionally put your focus on the things that are bigger than life itself. That love that encompasses all. If you can begin to put your focus on that, you begin to live a life that is bigger than life itself. We have all known that person who didn't leave a dry eye in a funeral parlor when they passed. We all remember someone fondly who we lost. And when we think about our favorite memories, we can almost feel that person with us again. That is because these are things that stand the test of time. These are the things that we can really leave behind. A frog lamp never will compare to the feeling I get thinking about my grandmother when I remember all that she did for me, all that she sacrificed. That frog lamp will never compare. Your family, your children, they might care about the stuff, that's life. Some people really just want the stuff and that's okay. They haven't figured out that materials fade and that they are more important and that they are the impermanent thing. My only hope would be that if and when you start living a life for the bigger things, when you show up to the big events in your family's life and when you listen to them instead of judge them, when you treat everyone at a dinner filled with laughter um, instead of meaningless stocking stuffers. So, At Christmas time, you know, if if you host everyone at Christmas, you're the one where the party is at. You're the one, rather it's out at a restaurant or in your own home, you're the one making the food and filling your home with laughter. They are never going to remember the gifts that they got from you, but they sure as hell are going to remember the Christmases and the parties that you threw. And if you didn't know, because I feel like I've told (laughs) you, that those things have been proven to extend happiness. I did a podcast episode recently on it called, Where Can I Buy Long-Term Happy? And the short answer is you can buy long-term happy in time well spent on this earth. Hey there, it's me, Renee. I hate to interrupt your episode, but I just had to check in to see if you had heard about the unstuffed inner circle yet. This is my monthly membership group where I get to connect with you guys on a personal level. Come hang out for a monthly coffee date where no topic is off limits, or come join the book club where I will share with you some of the books that have transformed my life. And I've made customized study guides just for you. There are also monthly declutter challenges, or you can sit in on podcast recordings before anybody else even gains access. Plus, you get access to some of my best programs totally for free. If you love the idea of getting a deeper dive into all things self-growth and simplicity and where you can get plugged into a like-minded community hosted by yours truly, check the show notes for more info and see if there's a group that feels right for you. Okay, now let's get back to the podcast. Minimalism is not about the stuff. It's about what freedom from stuff can provide us. Okay. What about cash? I know that's probably a question that's on someone's mind and let's, let's call it out. The little disclaimer lingering in the back of my mind is what if you don't want to leave your family stuff, but you want to leave them some financial security. And yeah, absolutely. I think this is a great idea. I also think that the more that you demonstrate how to spend that money while you are living, the more likely they will be to use their money in the same way. Because if you are someone who used your money toward helping, expanding, growing the earth, improving your life or truly enjoying fulfilling the lives of others, your family is more likely to follow that same suit instead of just buying a bunch of stuff that ultimately is going to disappear. Minimalism can also provide you this. When you stop setting your sights on small wins, like scoring $100 worth of stuff at the latest clearance rack, your perception of money may begin to shift as well. It loses some of its previous power. One thing I tell people all the time is that I obsessed over money a lot more when I was really broke. Constantly. All I thought about was money, and I spent it faster than I could earn it most days. I wish I was, like, joking. I'm so serious. The day I started seeing money as nothing more than an energetic exchange of currency was the day it began to lose its grip on me. Also, when you can release the grip of money, just like releasing the grip of stuff, more of it seems to come and just support you in your pursuit of a life of more. It's really awesome and crazy. (laughs) Are there skeezy ways that you could earn money in this life? Well, yes. Yep. I mean, I, I would, it would seem so based on the state of our world, I can only assume that yes, you can earn money in a way that isn't um, aligned with a higher way of living. However, being angry about that or believing that people become jackasses when they have money is one of the biggest things that is stopping the good people of the world from getting their hands on more cash. Minimalism to me means releasing the grip of all things material, all things stuff. None of us really want to be controlled, least of all by stuff that we are meant to be in control of. So what is it that you want to leave behind? Really? What is it that you really want to leave behind? When you take the time to consider what I have shared here today, tell me, what do you want to leave behind? Your stuff will most likely end up like static, not doing much of anything. It will just be passed from person to person with little worry or care. What do you want to do with your time? That is what will ripple into eternity and remain within the hearts of those whose lives you have touched. So for real, what is it that you want to leave behind? If you have an idea, or even if you don't, I'm hosting a training on this very topic called Massive Action Masterclass. Um, I'm bringing this back for a second time. I don't know why I haven't brought it back sooner. You can go to the show notes to register um, because I'm going to share with you my three-step method for living life on your terms. So that you can leave a life that leaves a mark. That you can live a life that leaves a mark. You can leave behind more than stuff. You're going to do it anyway, so you may as well do it with intention. Thank you so much for tuning into the Unstuffed podcast. I'm so glad that you were here. And remember, I love to hear from you guys as well. So please take the time to write a review so that each week I can read one of your reviews live on the air. And if you're not quite ready to be done, don't forget that you can head to renebenis.com links, where you can access some of my free trainings and my free guides. You can also gain access to my programs and my trainings, including mini school. Thank you so much for being here, and remember, keep it simple. Life is complicated enough.